Well, hello, Bible love. Welcome to December of 2021. And with December comes Advent. So one thing that um, Alan and I really wanted to do during this Advent season is to give you a blessing each and every Thursday when you listen. So um, for those church nerds of you, you know there is this book of occasional services and it has seasonal blessings. So this is for the first week of Advent. May Almighty God, by whose providence our Savior Christ came among us in great humility, sanctify you with the light of his blessing and set you free from all sin. Amen. Amen. We got, so we, got we happening today, don't we, Alan? We do, we do. This is uh, we. You know, last week, if you listened, the um, title of the podcast was "Bananas." B A N A N A S. And I think um, Lonnie jumped the gun because last week was nothing. Last week was PG, <laughs> maybe PG thirteen. Uh, Judges goes out with a bang, um, yeah. and we're going to talk about. This, he left the hard stuff for us, didn't he? Yeah. How did we not get someone? And so I've been reading, you know, there's a couple things. There's Judy Fentress Williams, who's an Old Testament professor, was my Old Testament professor. There's the women's Bible commentary I've been reading because, right, like, I'm a guy. I'm hoping um, you get the action Bible with you, too. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get the action Bible. Let me get that because I want to see this. And so I'm saying this as a man. Um, judges 19 through 21, I guess we're 17 through 21, 17 through 21 today. Yeah. Um, and we've talked a bit these last several weeks about the role of women in judges, right? Deborah is held up as, as this thing, this prophet, uh, the book doesn't play out too well for basically any other woman. Um, and that's going to kind of come to fruition today. And we'll talk about, we're going to trigger warning, right? Like an honest to God trigger warning. There's sexual assault. There's murder. There is. So we're going to talk about some things. And if this brings some stuff up for you, maybe don't listen to this episode. Um, yeah, we hate to. So we can that. talk about some some key parts, and then we'll save that part for the end. And before we get into that, I think this is healthy for us to talk about because there are some things about Judges 19 in particular that I want to talk about. But I know uh, too many people in my own life for whom this conversation could be difficult. So we'll pause for a minute and a little bit, and then we'll dive into that. But I think there's enough in the rest of this that's crazy in its own right. Um, We're back to the action movie, right? We're back to the action movie. So let me look up. Give me your thoughts on 17 through 21 while I try to find uh, this member in the action Bible. So the 17th, um, chapter 17 is a lot about Micah. Um, and Micah, what was really interesting to me when I was reading that, I was telling, um, uh, Alan, I forgot your name for a minute, (laughs) Alan about this, that, um, Micah hires his own priest. Okay. And I, I can only imagine that the reason for that is that he's like, 
all right, I'm not feeling it anywhere else. I'm just going to hire this priest to come in. It's only going to work with me. You know, I don't know, Alan, that's not okay for us in the, in the Episcopal church as priests, but sometimes it, I do feel like I spend a lot of time with one particular parishioner. You probably have this too, but Micah wasn't doing it for the right reasons. It's not like he wanted God more into his life. He just wanted somebody to sit there and say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And it sort of reminds me of when the Roman Catholic church and the Anglican church were splitting off. Right. And Henry the you know, was like, well, I'm just going to create a new church because I'm divorced and I want to have another wife. Right. I, that went through my head when we were, was that right? Henry the I think that's right. Yeah. Um, that's what kind of went through my head is, you think, oh, Micah, let's be more spiritual. I'm going to hire my own priest to follow me around all day long so I can be the most spiritual person ever. When really he kind of forgotten about God, he'd given up on God, right? And so he was sort of selfish and thinking, I want all of this to myself. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I, it makes me think of, you know, South Carolina. We, as I traveled around there, I noticed there's a lot of, what back in the day were called like chapels of ease. Yes. Um, J- Jimmy Hartley and I have actually talked about this. Jimmy Hartley, you know, he's my nemesis. If you've listened to the podcast much, um, his family um, back in the generations had a chapel of ease. They had a place to where, where they wouldn't have to go into town to go to church. Church would come to them. So it's kind of like that. It's kind of like the idea of a chaplain maybe, but those are like, can be healthy and spiritual. Right. This is someone who's paying to get what they want is mm-hmm. what is how I see it. Right. And, you know, like if the TCU football team or the Texas Rangers, if they want to hire a chaplain, like I'll do whatever you want. If you pay me. Right. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah. Um, You're, for You're for hire. I'm for hire. I'm for hire for just limited circumstances. But but this is right. Like you talk about, you know, we're in a caring profession you and I. And sometimes there are people who need more care. And so it feels like we are a chaplain to that person for a season. Sure. Right. But there, we have to be good at boundaries, right? Other people who are in caring professions, think of therapists, social workers, teachers, right? Like they have to set up boundaries to where like, I can't be this for you anymore. Right. Like, we need to stop. It's like ours, you know, we can only have a certain number of pastoral sessions with someone. Right. Um, you know, before we have to say, we, we, we have to, to stop this for time. You, right, right. You, I'm not a professional at this. You need to right. go on. And so some of that I think is to prevent some of what gets in here, codependency, someone looking for the right answers from someone, all of that. Um, that may be reading a lot more into like oh, 12 chapters and judges, but I think it's important. I think Micah was trying to get at that. Like he wanted someone to be there just for him. Right. I mean, the last verse in chapter 17, um, verse 13, it says, then Micah said, now I know that the Lord will prosper me because I have a Levite as priest. So he's like, okay, I'm good. I got this priest walking around with me. I'm fabulous. I don't need anything else. And I think about like, what if I was just like walking around with somebody? Okay. That makes it about me and totally takes God out of the scenario. I don't want that. I know you don't want that. Like we cannot function as who we are as priests or like you said, as teachers, as nurses, social, social work without God in that to, because sometimes I don't know in my pastoral care, 
Like, I don't have the answer, but all I know to do is that I've got God, right? Or stuff in my own life or whatever. So I think, I think you're dead on with that. And then when you go into 18, this was another thing that we kind of talked about a little bit. In those days, there was no king in Israel. So I think that is really important to talk about. Okay. So judges, there's the judges. That's it. There's no king. And so I try to think about like what my, I don't want to think about this, but what would my life be without God? What would my life be without that leadership, that force that I look to every single day? I don't want to dream of a world where that's not true, but that's how these people were living, right? They didn't have this leadership to look forward to. Now we could say some of the same things. Like if we look at our leadership within politics or our own in our profession in our bishops, or, you know, if you're an associate and your rector, whatever that may be, but we know all of that revolves around God. I'm not sure the people and judges quite got that. Do you? Maybe I'm no. misreading, but no, no. And I think, right. Like crazy stuff has happened. Judges is bananas. And some right. of that is, we talked about that, this in the intro. I think some of that is because God is not at the center, right? Like people have made it through um, captivity. They made it through exile. They made it through all this stuff. They made it through water that parted, yeah. but they forgot about God. Yeah. And so um, things start to unravel. And I think in my own life, like I think about when I end up in a situation in which I don't know what's going on. I don't know how I could be here. I don't know whatever, like what are the things that led to this place? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes the answer is I've lost focus on God. And then also I listened to a well, sermon. To you, Alan, that not just on you, but I think in general, like, yeah, in general, of yeah. The time we've lost you know, focus I, on God. Yeah. And so I was listening to a sermon um, from uh, a Bible church, right? I listened to preachers from all types of ways. And this was right before Thanksgiving. And the preacher was talking about, um, like, how to deal with the dry times, mm. right? how to deal with those times when you feel like everything's out of control, how to deal with those times when you feel like God's absent, how to deal with those times when you feel like there are no kings in Israel, there are no judges, right? How do you feel when you're in Judges 17, 18, 19, 20, 21? Yeah. And there he talked about, right, um, remembering God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. right? And that, how many times have we talked about that? How many times did Moses tell people, remember? How many times did Joshua tell people, remember? How many times did all of them tell people, remember God fed you manna in the wilderness? Remember God drowned the army in the sea? Remember, remember, remember. And so what are the practices that we can do to help us remember? Because there's a lot of times when I feel lost and I think there's no way on the other side, there's no hope. But I need to remember what God's done for me in the past. I need to remember that God's working in me now. I need to remember that God's going to be there on the other side of the mess. Yeah, you know, I think I told you this, but I've challenged myself during Advent to preach on the Old Testament. Um, So um, last week it was Jeremiah. This week it's Malachi. And um, I felt like my sermons... I'm. 
this will be no surprise to you listeners. You know, I'm like a half glass full person. I'm happy. I'm joyful. You know, just the opposite of Alan. Just, just kidding, kidding, kidding. Um, and so, but I have felt like my sermon last week and this week is a little bit like dire. You know, like we're like, oh, we're, you know, but as we're thinking about um, the Old Testament and specifically those two chapters and also with, or two books and also with Judges, like, I think it's good to remember those places, right? Because it gives us an example of, aren't we grateful, as Dr. Tony says, that we're on this side of Jesus, A, but also there were people that went through this. And as we get into some of this harder part in 19, which we can talk about in a minute. And I will say it was, I have never experienced trauma as to the, to the um, amount that was experienced in this, but just as a woman, this was extremely hard to read because it, again, it is the control of man. It's all of those things that, you know, is tough, but you know, I am grateful for this work because what if there is someone that has been raped, Right. That person can go to judges and say, someone else has felt this. Someone in the Bible has felt this. Not that it's okay, but that sometimes we just need someone that kind of gets it, right? Alan and I were talking about that earlier. Like, just someone who gets it. that can't fix it, but gets it. Yeah, and that's really important. I think that's one of the key uses of Scripture, right? Like, I'm... I'm teaching confirmation and I'm talking about the Bible this week. I'm stealing everything. I talked to Mary Balfour's confirmation class last year about the Bible. And now I just get to do it again. But one of the key things is that we can see ourselves in the story and we can see the story in ourselves. So like I've experienced um, some trauma in my life. Mary Balfour knows, I don't remember what I've shared, but like moments in my life where like my world shut down and like I ceased to function as a person basically, because of trauma that had happened. That's because I felt completely and utterly alone, like no one else could understand, right? Thankfully for some friends and a therapist and a pastor and the Bible, right? Like, so some of my friends were murdered, right? People's friends were murdered in scripture. There's literally that story a bunch, and we're going to talk about some of it in a little bit. Jesus was murdered. And so Jesus' friends knew what it was like for their friend to be murdered, right? And so we can see in the story. And that's when we, if we can see it in scripture, hopefully we can look for it for other people so that when we're going through crap, we know there's someone else out there who isn't going to have the answers, right? I don't have answers for people, but I can sit in the mess. I can sit in the chaos and I can help remind people that God loves them in the midst of it that God loves people despite brokenness, that God loves people because of brokenness, because God gets to redeem it. Oh, I love that, Alan, because of brokenness, because God gets to redeem it. Oh, how beautifully said. Um, Do you want to? Okay, so big warning here. Judges chapter 19. Um, I hope it's okay. Let me just as the female voice on here, maybe I'll take the lead on this. Not that it's all. But before we go to that, I don't want people who have to click off to not hear this. So we'll say this twice this episode. Remember, we love you. Most importantly, God does. Yes. Thank you. And if you're going to stick around, yeah. Why don't you take the lead on this? Well, just just as the female voice on this, I would just say um, that this is horrific, um, hurtful, 
uh, hard to comprehend. Um, and if you have experienced trauma as a woman or as a male, because there are men that have been raped too, stop listening right now. And God loves you and we love you. Now, if you want to keep under going through, and again, Alan and I do not have the answers. Other than the only thing we can say is it is a place to go to for you not to feel alone. So in chapter 19, there is, in my Bible, it is used, the, as the word is used, concubine. Okay. And so um, there is this woman who is sort of brought back and forth between these different men Um her father-in-law, her, her um, brother, I think a lot of different people are sort of like into this mix with her. Right. Um, and she is brutally raped. Um, it's pretty graphic. Um, and she is torn down and broken and hurt from every aspect I would imagine. What do you want to add to that? Yeah. um, Yeah. We've talked about treatment of women in scripture, treatment of women in society in the past. It's never been. So Dr. Fentress Williams, um, Holy imagination. She says, what does she say about it? Um, She says, What follows um, is a brutal gang rape, murder. Um, She calls this, I forget where she said it, but she calls this the hardest passage in scripture to read. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, as she says it, the horrific details of the assault in the aftermath prevent us from reading this story at a safe distance. And so that's important for me, right? Like, I've never experienced anything like this. I've walked with some people who have. But but I've experienced my own trauma and I can't experience other traumas like I can't. There was a school shooting a couple of days ago. Right. I can't experience school shootings from a distance. Mm-hmm. You, right? you really that feel that because I you feel know. it. Right. There's. And so like none of us can read um, Judges 19 from a safe distance because this kind of stuff has touched all of us. And it's, we're hit in the face with it, right? Mm -hmm. It, you know, it goes on. She goes back to her master and the master doesn't really know what to do. And the master chops her up into 12 pieces, male, males, sends parts of her to the 12 tribes. And what it says is, you know, when you take these parts of this woman who was brutally raped and murdered and dismembered to the Israelites say, has such a thing ever happened since the day that the Israelites came up from the land of Egypt until this day, consider it, take counsel and speak out. Hmm. So the justice so, in me over that, right? Like, yeah. And so like, like this is the moment when things have completely fallen apart. God, seems to be completely absent. They, or at least people have completely abandoned for this to happen. And so this guy tries to send a message to everyone saying, look, 
we have let it go too far. We have to think about this. We have to speak out against it. And so I think, right, um, you know, it happens occasionally. But I think of the, the Newtown shooting, right? It's one this is a terrible comparison. It's one thing when it's like 17, 18 year old high school kids like that, whatever, when it's six year olds, Mm -hmm. how our hearts can't break. Right. How we can't say this is crap. We need to do something right. Like that was a huge part of the whole aftermath of Newtown is like, hopefully this now, because these are babies. Right. And I hear this guy crying out when he's sent, he's like, Hopefully this crap ends now. We have to rediscover our part of the covenant to God um, because it's gone too far. Yeah, I, I think I think you're really right about that. And it's maybe a little bit interesting to me that this is like at the very end of Judges because we talked about this for a second because we really are going into some hopeful things and. Ruth and David and and not that bad things don't happen in that because that's not realistic, right? For life to just not have anything, but we see some more like relational situations, I think, especially in Ruth, um, which is one of my favorites. Um, So I think a question that if I was a listener listening to this podcast today, someone might say like, why is all this in here and why all this detail? You know, like this is the most detail in just three judges that we've in the past year and two months that I have experienced. Um, and I think you probably would say the same. Um, and, and as I said earlier, we don't have all the answers. But one thing I do really cling to is we know bad things are going to happen. Right. But God is always good in that. And so if you have been involved in something like this or have had someone murdered or raped, or you have been raped, like use this as someone else understands someone else, this, this no named woman, which also just kind of pisses me off. Excuse me for using that word. Why don't they have the names? I just don't get it. But anyway, one day when I'm up in heaven, I'll ask God, um, but you know, use this as a place of sympathy and then meet your, meet, reach out to your priest, reach out to your minister, reach out to a treasured dear friend and have a conversation about it. Your psychiatrist, your spiritual director, whoever that is, and have a conversation about it. I don't think any of those people can give you answers, but they can sure sit in it with you and love you through it. And that's what the Christian faith is. It's like, we don't have answers to a lot. Right. Some people, some people, yeah, some people (laughs) approach the Bible and faith and like, we can figure it out. Like if we just think hard enough, doctrine is going to help us figure it out. There is no, there's no way you can figure out Judges 19. Like if anyone says they can, you can't like, there's very few things I'll speak so absolutely about. There's no justification. There is no defense. There's no explanation. But we can sit in the mess, right? That's what the Christian faith is about. The Christian faith, right? We're in a season where we're waiting for the Savior to show up and sit in the mess with us. Yeah. Like that's the hope of of Christmas, right? That someone's here and is going to be in the mess with us. Um, And then I, you talking about the details, right? This, 
this is a wake-up call. I think that's why this is included in Scripture, is so people can see, has anything like this ever happened? No. So we have to think about that, and we have to speak out, and we have to act accordingly. I mean, that's a call to justice. I read in this one of the clearest calls of justice in all of Scripture, and I've never seen it until today. Mm-hmm. Right? And Consider how it, take needed. counsel, and speak out. Yeah. And how much they needed leadership. Key, yeah. God. They needed God. Yeah. Yeah. And like you talked about, you know, we're about to, Ruth is great. And we'll spend a lot of time talking about Ruth and Boaz and Naomi and all that. And there's beautiful stories of relationship and companionship and people walking together. And there's hope at the end. Judges ends by yeah. saying in those days, there was no king in Israel. All the people did what was right in their own eyes. Like judges ends. And it's like Caligula, like people just do whatever they want. Right. Like. Chaos. Chaos. Because they, there was no external authority, right? There was no king in Israel. And it seems there's no internal authority. People had lost their centering on God. They had lost their hope. They don't remember what God has brought them through. That happened so long ago, I guess they figure we're our own people now. We don't need all of that. And so that like judges ends in a really, really crappy place. It does. It does. It ends with all hell broke loose. And I, for one, am really grateful that we are spending some time in this because I think it's really, I mean, listeners, y'all know, Alan and I are totally committed going through every step of this. But this would have been a really easy one for us to get on this call this morning and be like, I just can't do it. We're just going to have to wait till Greg Milliken comes in here and talks to us about Ruth. Can't wait, Greg. Um, you know, I, but I'm glad we did because, A, we're sharing, you know, the trauma that you've experienced, I've experienced, hopefully other listeners have experienced, have can relate to, I don't hope no one has experienced it, but can relate to um, every week something happens, right? Shootings, sat, you know, cancer diagnosis. And there's just not a week that goes by that there's not something, right? But what makes me the saddest for these people of judges is they didn't know God, right? And how blessed are we that we do? So listeners, remember, as Alan has already said, we love you. But God does too.